Welcome everyone again and um, we're here again. I'm actually standing today and Rob is um, sitting so I'm not on the brown couch today. Got a bit of a sore back but um, last time I spoke a little bit about Caleb and a little issue that he had when he was in pre-primary and uh, you know you were encouraging me to say take worry in your child seriously and, and try and understand it. Don't try and solve it. Um, try and understand it first and and it is does matter to them and it needs to matter. You also said that it's an opportunity to understand your child and an opportunity to help them understand themselves. And I would say that that resonated with me, Rob, because as I think of that time, and it was over a number of months, so it wasn't a short thing, it was quite anxious for, for us, you know, as parents. But looking back on it, it definitely built a stronger bond between us and Caleb. It built um Caleb became more resilient through it and not because it was tough and hard for him but just because he learned he learned about stuff and we were able to to yeah walk him through that and uh, we still sometimes speak about that time and what it meant and and who he is today and you know we talk about sometimes about courageous Caleb uh as well just because it was a marker in in, in his life so so I think that all that all makes a lot of sense to me, Robert. And I don't know if any of that makes sense to you. Absolutely, Stu. And hats off to you guys for taking it forward in that way. And now what you have, um, the three of you, and Caleb himself, is a story because it's been brought into the light of conversation, the light of relationships, and uh, this difficulty that he experienced. If he didn't have you guys in his world, um, they would have been uncharted. It would have been remained largely unconscious. Um, he would have been at the mercy of a very difficult emotional experience. And who knows what course or direction that would have taken um, as the years you know, pass by. So it's great that he's got the story of connecting and understanding himself um, uh, with you guys. And um, there's so much richness in that. So, yes, I mean, it's, it's tough, and you guys were there to, to coach him through, um, which is great. So, let's just build on this, this, uh, this parent-child interaction. Um, and again, you know, some of the truths, if you like, of anxiety, some of the, the aspects that are important for us in um, helping our child understand himself, herself, um, when they're in the, in the, uh, uh, the, the, the space of worry and anxiety. How do they cope with that? And just to say, in terms of taking it seriously, you're right. But I want to bounce off that comment you made and just uh, talk a little bit more about our attitude or orientation towards our children's anxiety. Because you're right that we do take it seriously in the sense that this is a real emotion and we can't wish it away. We can't reassure it away. And we need to respect the fact that it's happening um, in our child. At the same time, though, we, we do want them to experience us as being calm enough. So we're concerned but calm, if you like. We give them that uh, twofold message. And I say this because sometimes, quite often, in fact, our kids' anxieties can make us anxious. And then you get into a bit of a knot because it starts to become difficult to say exactly whose anxiety is feeding this. And we can become reactive. We can have knee-jerk solutions, you know, uh, pull him out of school if they're going to have, you know, vagabonds like that who stop him from going into class. Well, then he needs to be in a different setup where this can't happen. So 
it's quite easy for us as parents when we are in the grip of anxiety ourselves ourselves to make those knee-jerk reactions so we want to be calm we want to be connected uh, to ourselves and we want to be centered so that we can show concern it's that twofold approach that really i think we need to aim for now in talking with our children we need to understand that anxiety affects three things in particular um, three aspects of our child's life and experience and we want to be able to talk with them about these three things so that they can understand themselves um, as well as possible and the first thing that we want our child to understand is that anxiety affects the body I mean anxiety feels terrible uh, I'm sure you'd agree Stu when we're in times of stress or anxiety it's not a nice thing at all it's very noxious um, but children and adults actually when they're anxious they are feeling horrible, but they're largely disconnected from that experience. They're usually so focused on the problem out there that they don't realize what's going on inside their own bodies. And when I talk to a child about anxiety, I like to start with the body because I want them to, to connect with themselves. Just as I've said, we as parents need to connect with ourselves. I want kids to learn how to do that as well. So for me, a a major aspect of anxiety management is becoming savvy around what the sympathetic nervous system does when we go into that fight or flight, you know, adrenal driven um, response and understanding their bodies in child appropriate ways. Why Rob? Why would you want them to, to understand their bodies? Well, first of all, because it's a very important truth. So their body is sending all these signals, if you like, um, that, uh, you know, this is, this is not good. Uh, you know, this is distressing. This is dangerous. This is bad. And it's going to significantly impact what our child does. So we are, again, if you like, emotions are in the body. Emotions generate tension, some of them at least. And as I said, emotions are like our social muscles. They get us to do certain things or not do other things. So if we don't even understand what's going on in the engine room, well, we're really at a loss. We really are in reactive or unconscious mode. We spoke in previous episodes about someone compulsively phoning friends when, when, when they feel anxious. You know, So that is an example of a person acting without self-awareness. And they may not know that they're tense and anxious, that their bodies are feeling stressed. So that's one important reason. Um, another important reason is that, is that chronic stress causes havoc. I mean, it really does um, wear away at a person's overall health. You start to get sleep difficulties. You start to get the potential for panic attacks. You start to get all sorts of possible physical fallout. If a person, a child, is stressed, physically tense for any length of time, and I mean their bodies are small, they can't, they can't handle a lot of physical tension, and you will see significant fallout. Um, and then also, um, if a person is stressed and tense for a long time, there's a fair risk of them becoming depressed, because their biochemistry goes out. So that's another important reason. Um, and then maybe finally, if I haven't convinced you enough yet, Stu, of the importance is that helping a person learn how to regulate themselves physically 
gives them a very important, very important um, step into what you can control during anxious times. So what I'm hearing from you is that it's really around uh, if we need to start with our bodies, because as you say, it's the engine room. And if we don't know how to manage and understand what's going on inside of us, we're not really going to be able to manage much else. Yeah, that's right, Stu. I mean, that gives us, if you like, we start to map out where we're at. And we also start to understand better why we're doing the things we're doing. Um, I don't know if you've ever found, for instance, at the end of the day, uh, I sometimes notice that a certain part of me, like my shoulder on the left side, is really sore. And I I didn't realize that I was tense in that area for quite a while. Um... And so at that level, it just helps people to, to learn how to, how to regulate themselves, um, the, the physical aspect of the self. Um, I think that we, we massively underestimate um, the importance of, of, of physical connection, staying centered, understanding where we're at. Anxiety also affects the breathing a lot. And what people typically do is they start to breathe badly. And that can also have all kinds of consequences for a child. Um, You know, they'll stop concentrating, maybe start to become irritable. There's all sorts of fallout that can happen. So we want to go to the basics of the body. I mean, it's a useful thing and a very good thing for family members to do. And I would say that, again, during these times of COVID, if we can be savvy about the body and stress, wow, that will be brilliant because it's a big area. So the starting point is trying to understand what is the worry, what's going on, trying to trying to help your child understand the feelings and that that's going on and where it's come from and for yourself to understand your child. And then the next step, would I say, is, is, is helping your child understand what's going on with their body as they are anxious and as they're worried. Well, yes, I mean, I think what I'm saying is that that would be something that I'll typically go to within that first conversation. So in terms of understanding why they're worried, I would also draw attention to and then you get that horrible feeling in your tummy and what else happens with some kids what I get them to do is to draw the outline of a body however childlike it is it doesn't matter and then go from head to toe and talk with them about what they notice you know is it a sort of a tension in the throat a feeling of wanting to cry they'll talk to me about getting um, sore tummies for instance is very common they won't have noticed that their shoulders and backs get tense but sometimes when we when I ask them to think about it they start to notice sweaty palms that their legs may shake there's all sorts of things that they start to realize and I want them to be self-aware um, I want them to go forward into the next day recognizing what anxiety actually feels like yeah that that, that makes sense, Rob. And that, that just, so really your, your, your whole goal here is to help all of us, not just the kids, but, but um, our kids, but ourselves as well, to become more and more self-aware of what's going on as a starting point. Absolutely, Stu. And again, with that, if you know what's going on, then you can start to do something about it. So if I realize, oh, well, I'm sitting in an odd way. And by the way, sorry about your back. But you know now your back is saying to you, hey, hang on a minute, pay attention to me. So you're nursing it now because it's sending you those messages of pain. And you said to me earlier, you know, you've skipped out on some core exercises, I guess you'd call them. And now you realize, oh, by golly, I'd better get back to those core exercises. And in the same way, emotionally or physiologically, in terms of our musculoskeletal system, 
It's sending us messages all the time. Let's listen so that we can be as wise as possible in terms of managing ourselves. Thanks, Rob. I think that was that was really helpful stuff to to understand and and um, certainly a good reminder for me to not you know my my own body, but also um, to to help my kids start to understand what's going on more and more with their bodies uh, as they experience the different emotions. So we'll we'll talk more in the next episode.